Welcome, everybody, to the EMDR Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Tia Brown. This evening, we'll be having a discussion with our licensed clinical professionals in the building. We have Amara McNeil, PhD, from John Hopkins University, and she's the activist speaking out today. Amara, how are you doing? Hello, everyone. I am so thankful to be here. Great. And uh, <laughs> up next, we have our very esteemed engineer from the School of Mines uh, there in CU Boulder. Uh, Melody Ruse is a highly acclaimed critic and academic engineer. Melody. Hi, everybody. Hello. So Great. Well, so nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. And last you. we have Ashira. And uh, she is our acclaimed scientist currently working at the Max Planck Institute in Frankfurt, Germany. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Sweet. So we're going to start it up here with a discussion. Um, Ashira. So you're our scientist. How about we start with the science behind EMDR? All right. So uh, let's start with what it means. EMDR actually stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing, which is a really long name, which is why most of us in the scientific research and psychological fields call it EMDR for short. Um, it's all about what's pretty much exactly in the name, uh, rapid eye movement. Just to give a brief nutshell, um, this woman, Francine Shapiro, who developed the initial form of EMDR, was really struggling. Um, she was a scientist. She had issues with PTSD. And she figured out that when she would go into the forest and like look back and forth around her, her anxiety started to ease. Um, so she started doing a bunch of research and clinical trials on this. And she discovered that this lateral back and forth eye movement actually calms anxiety and can help with um, a lot of different things. So originally it was just used for PTSD, and now it can be extended as treatment for anxiety disorders as well as PTSD, um, as I mentioned, and depression and several other mental disorders. Um, it's essentially a brand of psychotherapy. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, that very well thought out answer. Um, Ashira, uh, for all that foundation of the understanding for EMDR, um, I'd love to go to Melody, who is our engineer. Uh, Melody, uh, would you be able to give us some more technological implementations for how EMDR is effective? Yeah, um, SenseTech um, allows the brain, like the body, to heal itself. Um, it comes into play. It allows the practitioner to select a simulation that best suits the patient and therefore achieve optimal tr treatment. The company has stated that the product allows control of synchronized repetition, speed, and intensity for all three simulations. When speaking with Dr. Derek Farrell, another EMDR practitioner, he informed me that when working on the product, he wanted it to be flexible. And from the looks of it, it certainly is. Sentex gives the opportunity to do visual movements, work acoustically with the headphones, and has the pulses as well to do sort of semantically. I also want to add that we can use SenseTech equipment with a client that has PTSD, which would allow us to work visually, acoustically, and work with them in some sort of tactile manner. The fact that everything that you need comes in the pack is extremely effective. Great. Well, thank you so much, Melody, for your, uh, sharing your expertise. Uh, we're going to move on to Amara McNeil from John Hopkins University. Amara, would you please, uh, now that you've been, you know, given a, now that we've founded a basic understanding of what EMDR is, uh, could you explain your work in the field? Yeah, of course. Um, so as we begin to see a rise in the research and use of EMDR therapy to treat trauma, we also see an interest in using that research to help refugees. Um, there have been many studies that show depression and PTSD are extremely high among refugees. 
um, in a specific study of 6,743 adult refugees from, I think, seven countries, it was found that adult refugees who resettle in Western countries have a prevalence of PTSD at around 9% and a prevalence of depression at around 5%. And for children, refugee children living in Western communities, those numbers are 17% for depression and 30% for PTSD. So there is definitely a need for medical treatment to treat that trauma, which comes from having to flee one's own country. Um, but the issue that I'm focusing on is how EMDR therapy actually affects refugees. Um, so like the main points I would like to make are that the financial burden that it places on refugees and the importance of determining whether or not EMDR training is actually effective is so important. Um, as well as we definitely need data to prove that it's successful um, before using refugees as virtually testing subjects.